This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sports Talk from Jacksonville, just outside Everbank Stadium, where just a little while ago the Clemson Tigers capped off 2023 for their program and their fans in as good a way as you can. They turned the uh, heartbreak of defeat, what looked like certain defeat there for a while, into a rousing victory that no doubt will carry the Tigers into the offseason and into 2024, feeling pretty doggone good about themselves and feeling pretty doggone good about some individual players that maybe there were some questions about. What a game, 38-35, Clemson wins it in the final seconds. Phil Moffa with a short touchdown run. He was the game MVP. He had four rushing touchdowns, though it's hard to overlook the Clemson defense as a whole. Yeah, you go... Well, they gave up 35 points. Well, they only actually gave up 28 points because there was a kickoff return for a touchdown, 102 yards. But in that fourth quarter, the Tiger defense came up with four turnovers, three on consecutive possessions by Kentucky that really saved their bacon, gave the offense a chance to rally from a 21-10 third-quarter deficit, a rarity in the history of Clemson where they've trailed by double digits in the third quarter and rallied to win, but they did so today. And coming of age, perhaps maturing before your very eyes, Cade Klubnick, who had his ups and downs as he had all season, but on that last drive, a two-minute drive, he moved his team down the field 72 yards in eight plays, overcame a grounding call that ordinarily would, would kill a drive. But they converted a fourth and two on a five-yard run by Maffa, and then more complete passes, a big pass to um, Brininstool, and that set up the touchdown, and the Tigers go in and win, and then they get an interception to seal the deal with uh, just a few seconds to go. So a heck of a win for Clemson today. We're going to talk all about it. 888 898 That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number for you. Oh, and the, the, the Tigers also had a, another big game from their unsung hero, Jonathan Weitz, who hit three field goals, including a 52-yarder that was crucial. It, it gave them the lead in the fourth quarter, and it hit the crossbar and bounded over. That was the kind of fourth quarter the Tigers had. They they made things happen. You know, uh, people like to say, well, the team that turned the ball over, they, they gave it to the other team. They turned it over. They handed Well, no. I mean, the defense had something to do with it. Barrett Carter made one of the great individual plays you'll ever see where he stripped the ball, created a turnover, created a fumble, and recovered it for the turnover. Guy just didn't stop and say, here, Barrett, go enjoy yourself. Here's the football. He created the turnover. And that's what the Tigers did in the fourth quarter. And that's what got them back into the ball game, and eventually got them the victory in what was their fiftieth, their fiftieth bowl game 
in the history of the program and will be, you know, it's it's not a national championship by any means, but for this program at this time, uh, in the Gator Bowl, will still carry some prestige. Uh, it's a, a memorable uh, win, uh, to say the least here, for Clemson this afternoon. 40,000 fans in attendance, uh, well, well short of capacity. The uh, the upper deck that I could see, and I imagine the upper deck on the other side, totally empty. But a good turnout of Clemson fans, I would say probably just a rough estimate, not knowing how this stadium fills out. But I'm going to say roughly twenty to 25,000 Clemson fans were here. Uh, but 40,000 for the Gator Bowl for two teams from basically the southeast, you know, Kentucky. Uh, that's a little disappointing, I would say. But outside of that, uh, it was a beautiful day. It was cool. Temperatures in the mid-50s started out kind of windy, but it's uh, windy. The, the wind has, uh, has died down now. We don't have any wind out here at all. So uh, all in all, a good day for Clemson as they go into the offseason. Chris Bergen joining us. Watched the game from his uh, Lazy Boy lounger at the Bergie Palace. Uh, and Pat Daniel uh, with us as well back in our Columbia studios, no doubt watched the game too. So uh, they can give their takes. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you and your thoughts on how the Tigers pulled this one out tonight. It was an incredible win. And if you didn't care who won the ball game, it was one of the best bowl games thus far this season, if not the most entertaining one we have seen. And maybe turn out to be the most entertaining bowl game of the year. I mean, that fourth quarter was insane. And you hit on the turnovers. That was the key factor for Kentucky, I think, losing and not holding on to win that ball game. And you're right. I mean, Clemson made some plays. The play by Barrett Carter where he tipped the pass and reached back and made the interception was unbelievable. I thought he was outstanding today. And you're right about Kate Klubnick. Um, Had you told me, and we talked about this last night, Phil, I thought the keys to success – play defense like Clemson did, aside from the amount of points they gave up, and their secondary, they've got to work on their secondary. If there was one negative from this ballgame, the secondary at times during the ballgame looked lost, and Kalia Barnes, uh, there were times he was just in no man's land and got left in space, and Kentucky's got some playmakers. You can't do that, but aside from that, I thought their defense was, was solid as we anticipated, and had we talked last night that Cade Klubnick would actually throw it more than Clemson would run it. I would have thought they'd lost by two touchdowns at least. I didn't think they could win a game where Klubnik had to throw it that much. Ended up 41 attempts and completed 30 of them. I thought he was very, very good today. I really did, especially as you pointed out late. But Phil Moffa was the show, and he should have been the show along with Will Shipley all season. By the way, speaking of Shipley, did they give an update on his injury uh, during postgame? Yeah, uh, as much as they could. It's a knee. Uh, of course, he mm-hmm. heard it on that uh, that play on the sideline where he where he flipped over, uh, hurt his knee. They'll do an MRI. Uh, Sweeney said afterwards that the early indications are positive, but they'll know more after they do the MRI. Let me say this in defense of the defense, <laughs> the defense of the defense. Uh, the secondary, you're right. They were toasted. They uh, so, some Kentucky receivers just got wide, wide open, mm-hmm. but in yeah. their defense, of course, you were running freshmen back there. You had a freshman oh, no doubt. starting at both corners. Uh, you, you mentioned Barnes. He's a freshman. Um, you get Phillips back. He hasn't played a whole heck of a lot, so he's just coming back, but he is a veteran back there. Um, you knew that eventually that, that could possibly happen, and, and Brown, their outstanding receiver with incredible speed, boy, I tell you what, he is something special. <laughs> he's um, fun to watch. And if Leary had time to throw the football, which he did, he was only sacked twice. Um, he was gonna he was gonna make his plays, but they they kept Ray Davis except for that one 
a beautiful touchdown run that he had that kind of kept him under control, and, and that was important. Um, and Clemson was able to get uh, their running game going. You mentioned they had to throw the ball a lot, obviously, uh, when they were behind. They had to come out throwing the football, and Klebnik, uh rose to the occasion. They still got from Maffa 71 yards on only 11 attempts. So he averaged six and a half yards per carry. So he was the bulk of the running game. But Klubnik was 30 of 41 for 264, one interception. Uh, you know, his bowl game performance is pretty good. Uh, he passed for 320 last year in a loss. He throws for 264 this year, 30 of 41. So I'd say his, his bowl career is, is pretty – is off to a good start. One thing I would say about this offense, though, when are they – maybe – Maybe they're just waiting on better receivers to get in, but when are they going to go back to the big ball in their offense? I mean, you know, maybe they were they did have Antonio Williams uh, playing today. Uh, did they miss uh, Bo Collins, for example? I don't know, but their their down the field passing game for the most part was non-existent today. Yeah. Uh, they only averaged um, per completion. Uh, well, they increased it some. It was a little over seven at halftime. They increased it to 8.8 compared to Kentucky, 19 yards per completion. So Clemson has one thing they've got to do uh, going into 2024 is uh, rediscover their big play down the field in the passing game. They, they've got to do that to uh, help open things up more in their running game next year, I would say. Which I thought Kentucky made a mistake defensively, especially on that final drive, knowing that they're not going to pressure you down the field. You need to step up on the wide receivers and cut off these short routes. I mean, Klubnik just picked them apart and methodically moved them down the field where Amafa could finish it off with a touchdown drive. They had been getting to Klubnik, sacked him, what, how many times did they end up with? Four eight. or five sacks? Eight. Uh, eight, eight. I beg pardon. Yeah, eight, eight sacks. sacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had gotten to him a good bit. I didn't understand why they were backing off and allowing those short passes because Clemson had its full allotment of timeouts. The clock was going to stop under two minutes with every first down, every out-of-bounds play. I mean, that was a mountain of time for them to move down the field. And I thought Kentucky made a big mistake just kind of laying off the wide receivers and expecting, especially as Klubnik had gone along, you could see he was in, in pretty good rhythm in the second half of play. I, I don't quite get their defensive game plan late in that contest, and Klubnik made them pay for it. Well, a great win for Clemson. Uh, it sends them off into the offseason, like I said, on a positive note. Pat, what you take away from what you got a chance to see today? So quite a few things from this, uh, trying to kind of stick with things that maybe you guys did not already touch on. One thing that jumped out at me, I think a lot of Clemson fans out there might agree with, is the red zone offense today. They were 100% today with scoring, whereas the Tigers had only been 73% on the season in terms of actually scoring in the red zone. Still think back to the Miami game and maybe some other, the Duke game, and there were some some troubles, especially inside the 5 or the 10-yard line. And today we didn't see that. We saw the team being very decisive. The offense was decisive there. They were able to put the ball into the end zone. And I thought that was one thing that uh, I think fans can take away from as a positive. I agree with what Chris said. The secondary, yeah, they were missing pieces. So I think you got to give them a little bit of a, an extension of the leash there. But Khalil Barnes was fantastic all season long. We've sung his praises on this show quite a few times. He has really stepped up. He looks the part of a future all-conference, if not all-American. And he just seemed a bit lost today. Not sure if that was because of 
like you said, maybe some of the missing pieces around him and maybe as a collective unit, they would be stronger. But without those other pieces, a little bit more pressure fell onto him. Cade Klubnick, although he did take steps forward, was talking with a number of Clemson buddies today during the game and kind of trying to get their thoughts so as to then talk about that a bit on air tonight. Situational awareness still seems like something that that Cade Klubnick will continue to grow upon, but today still showed a bit of a lack of. But I, I don't want to be too harsh with him on that because he did face pressure nonstop. You alluded to the eight sacks, and then I think there were also an additional three or four uh, QB pressures or hurries on top of those sacks. So he was having to make very, very quick decisions on his feet, but it did seem at times that maybe he would wait a, a split second too long to step up into the pocket or a step se- a, a, a second too late to maybe run or hit the outside, and that is what uh, amounted to a few of those um, uh, intentional grounding penalties, including the one on that final drive that they were able to overcome. It seemed like those penalties happened directly as a result of Cade not quite making that decision fast enough. And I realize he's still very young, and that'll come with experience, but that is one thing that kind of stood out to me just watching that game. Another thing, Will Shipley, hope he gets back, hope he gets healthy quickly and that the injury is not as severe as it looked on television. But Phil Maffa is an absolute beast. He is a monster out there. He has a knack for finding the end zone. It's very hard to, to bring him down in short-yarded situations. But then he also showed burst on that long touchdown run. So he really looks like a complete back that two ways of looking at it. One, he probably showed himself out or introduced himself to a lot of NFL scouts out there. But also, just thinking about if he does come back to Clemson, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, if he's made an official announcement yet, if he's going to leave or if he's going to stay. But that's one heck of a running back coming back next year if they can convince him to come back for another season. And this, I might catch some flack for, but it is what it is. I think it's been uh, in the back of Clemson fans' minds all season long, and we saw it again today with Wes Goodwin's defense. This was a championship-caliber defense that seemed to be held back all season by an average or even potentially mediocre offense. And it just it's kind of a shame to watch for Clemson folks out there that you see that caliber of defense and skilled players all across the field. Yes, they may have given up a lot of points, 35 today or 20, 10, 28 if you take away that long uh, kickoff return to open the second half. But this... Every time they needed a big play, the offense came. I'm sorry, the defense came up strong. They forced turnovers. They had key stops, and it just seemed like they were the ones that were having to kind of save the day for a somewhat pedestrian offense. They've done that all season. You're right, and um, you know Maffa has not said anything yet. Didn't say anything after the game. He was the MVP of the game. You're right. His stock certainly takes off after a performance like this. Uh, boy, Clemson needs him. To come back big time um, and look Shipley there's a role for Shipley in there too again both of them in the backfield them alternating Shipley in the return game his kickoff return that he had late was huge in their comeback um, but who knows if he wants to come back or not it's been more of a mystery on Shipley than Maffa I think I think most have thought Maffa would be coming back but who knows what a what a player is thinking about at this at this stage after a long, hard season like this and how you feel about things physically. Do you want to go through another college season or go ahead and start taking your lumps on the on the NFL level? So um, the the question there, it, it's, it, it remains out. And uh, But I imagine over the next week or so we'll hear more and more 
uh, from Clemson players. For example, Xavier Thomas, uh, of course, he didn't, uh, he didn't put out an announcement thing. I think he kind of put out a thank you tweet. But he must have tweeted that from the locker room because it was like 32 minutes after the game was over. And out comes his, his tweet talking about his time at Clemson and the up and downs of his career and uh, the, the rough road he had to cover to, to get to where he is today. It seems like he's been there for, you know, half a century. He um, has. Yeah, you and I were both in college when he when his mm-hmm. first it, freshman year. But, but if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever been in a locker room, Phil, and I know you have. First thing those kids go to after the game is over, go grab their phone. Exact. So he may have thumbed that tweet out if he didn't already have it ready to go yeah. prior to the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, we want to take your phone calls. Uh, we'll hear from uh, some of the uh, Clemson participants: uh, Dabo Sweeney, uh, Kate Klubnick, Phil Maffa. Um, We'll have Zach Willis at 7.05 to further break it down. So we want to hit that up hard here over the next hour or so. 888-898-2525 is our phone number. We will have birdies and bogeys and biceps tonight. Uh, George Bryan will be joining us at 7.30. So we'll have our regular uh, golf report here on the program on a Friday night coming up as well. But tonight it's all about Clemson. And I got to believe to Clemson fans, this is an uplifting win. I got to believe that the way they played in the month of November, those four wins, uh, beating South Carolina on the road, winning those three games at home the way they did, and then coming down here, uh, putting themselves in a hole, and then climbing out of it and finding a way to win, which is what it's all about, uh, has got to make Clemson fans feel good about Georgia, who they open up against, feeling good about Georgia in Atlanta come uh, next September. And you also got to, you know, uh, this is um, the 13th straight season for Clemson with nine or more wins, and only Alabama can touch that. And, of course, uh, the Tigers will finish ranked uh, once again in the top 25. And uh, I would think that people will look. You know how preseason rankings are. They look at your quarterback situation and some of your other uh, key offensive weapons, and they kind of use that to determine where they put you in, in their preseason ranking. So, and I got to believe with Klubnik coming back and maybe some of these other parts, uh, these two wide receivers they've got coming in in the class are very highly touted. The other thing, too, is that they won today and put 38 points on the board and didn't call on Tyler Brown hardly at all until the last drive, and he made two big plays for them in the last drive. But up to that point, he hadn't touched the football, which was kind of odd that uh, somehow, some way, they didn't find a, they didn't get him more involved in the game. But uh, Brenning Stool had a big game, probably had a career game for him, and uh, and and Stilato, uh had some big catches before he um, he was shaken up a little bit, but he came back. But he. He had some some nice catches for him as well. But uh, they did this without getting a big production out of uh, Tyler Brown today, which which he was the leading receiver coming in and didn't touch the ball until the fourth quarter. I thought Brenning Stool and Phil Maffa were the key weapons on offense, and you touched on the performance of Cade Klevnik. I thought he was steady. But Barrett Carter was just on another level today. And if he weren't coming back, for next season, I think NFL scouts would be drooling over him based off this performance alone. Some of the things he did today, you shouldn't be able to do as a linebacker. I thought he was terrific for them defensively, despite some of the lapses behind him in the secondary. With that being said, just jump in real fast. Do you think today changes that decision at all? I was with Barrett say, Carter? 
That's uh, you know, it's he not can, written in stone, he, is it? He can change his mind, but um, you know, I think he's the kind of kid when he put that word out there that he was coming back that he planned to stick with it. I agree. And come back. I agree. Um, and Carter on the day he had, uh, let's see, they listed him here for three tackles, a half a sack. Um, he broke up three passes, and he had that interception. Um, or fu- now, see, I see it listed as an interception and a fumble recovery. Did they did it they rule be. it a fumble recovery or an no, interception? Two, two separate plays. He had yeah. an interception, but then he also had a fumble recovery when I believe it was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. A, 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 a Terrell. Yeah. Um, forced the receiver to come back inside instead of going out of bounds, and then Terrell punched the ball out and forced the fumble, and then Carter was right there and recovered it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, let's jump to the phone calls. Love to hear from you. 888-898-2525. We're in Jacksonville. We just left the stadium. We're at our broadcast facility here that we had specifically built for us over the last couple of days in Jacksonville. Thank you very much to Build It Quick Incorporated for building this for us. It's amazing what they can do uh, in a matter of a, of a, of a couple of minutes. Uh, we go to Keith in Camden, first with us tonight, right here on Sports Talk. Hello, Keith. How are you, and Happy New Year. Hey, Phil. Happy New Year to you, and uh, hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, yeah. It was um, – it was special, so I hope you and your family had a special Hanukkah too. Yes, sir. Great holiday. Uh, Same to you. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. I was doing honey honeydew list today, but mm-hmm. I caught the fourth quarter and uh, what you know what a quarter. And I got to give uh, hats off to Clemson. Good win, but this this is where I'm trying to figure out watching these games. What the team that ended the year versus the team that's in the bowl game, uh, that's one comment. And then when do you ever remember the Gator Bowl, uh, you know, 40,000 people? The whole landscape of everything is changing. Uh, That's a great bowl, and they do a great job, but 40,000 people? What does that say to us as far as moving forward and the 42 or 43 bowls that we have? Yeah. Chet was talking about it the other night, back, what, 1990? We had 19. So um, just curious what your thoughts on that. I was surprised when I saw the TV screen and that many people missing. But uh, great victory for Clemson. And uh, enjoy the show and hope you all have a great new year. You Thank too, you, sir. Thanks, happy Keith. New Year to you. In fact, Thanks, let's Keith. wish everybody a happy New Year because no show on Monday night, New Year's night, will be off. Yeah, again, with these bowls, um, obviously attendance is is. Um, I'm not. I, I imagine in the the non playoff bowls, most of them are are having some hemorrhaging when it comes to attendance. Some are probably doing well. It just depends on the teams and their situations. You know. If a team like this is a, I consider the Gator Bowl still to be a a high level bowl. It's not in the major category, but it's a high level bowl. Um, and I think a team that has had a a turnaround season like South Carolina did last year, a turnaround example. season, and the fans were excited. Mm-hmm. And the Gator Bowl is still a, a big special bowl. 
Uh, and they and the Gamecock fans packed this place, right? They had maybe yeah. thirty thousand or so, or maybe they more were over than that. sixty. I mean, they were over sixty total with the Notre Dame. Sixty-seven. They had sixty-seven thousand. Yeah. Of course, Notre Dame made it a a sexy uh, matchup for them as well. Um, you know, Clemson fans they they turned out in good numbers today. I'm still gonna I, I'm gonna estimate maybe twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand Clemson fans. Were you expecting forty thousand? I mean, let's face it, the 2025 that are here, those are your die-in-the-wool. We're going to show up with 11 wins or 11 losses. We're going to be there. That's that crowd, you know. Uh, the ones that push you over the top, that make it 30, 35,000, those are the ones who are there to win championships, you know. They're the ones who are there to get the rings. They're not the ones who are there for the grind. So the ones that are there for the rings, they kind of drop off, if you know what I'm saying. They kind of drop oh, off yeah, when you're not playing for the big ring. Uh, these the, as people, Davo pointed out, the one percent that aren't all in. Y- yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he was just talking about critics. I'm talking about butts <laughs> right. in the seats. Mm-hmm. These people are the ones who gonna live and die with you. Eleven wins, eleven losses. They're still gonna be there because they love the school. They love the program. Be back. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. All right, welcome back, everybody, at Sports Talk on this Friday night from Jacksonville from our newly constructed studios outside Everbank Stadium. Glad to have you with us. Happy New Year to everybody. Have a safe weekend. Have fun ringing in the New Year Monday. No Sports Talk on Monday. We're going to watch football like everybody else. Since we don't have a we don't have a team playing on New Year's, which is kind of rare for us because we've had teams playing on New Year's and Mm -hmm. we do a show on New Year's if it's a weekday. Not this year. So we'll take New Year's off, be back with you on Tuesday. Uh, Tonight it's all about Clemson's win over Kentucky, 38-35. Back to your calls in a second. If you're just uh, tuning in, let me give you a few of the uh, key items from uh, today's ball game. As far as the ebb and flow of the game, it was Kentucky leading at halftime uh, 14 to 10 and then they take the second half kickoff brown does they list it at 100 yards but he's about 102 he takes yeah, it this distance college, it's only 100 yeah now in the 21 NFL, you get credit for all of that yeah 21 10 is a score then with 14 47 to go in the third quarter uh, nothing happened as for clemson good in the fourth quarter, they just didn't fall any uh, deeper behind. But they did start a drive late in the four, in the third quarter that carried over to the early parts of the fourth quarter. Uh, first play of that fourth quarter, Phil Maffa scored uh, on a one-yard run to make it 21-16. And then later in the quarter, Whites hits a field goal to make it 21-19. Then, that was with seven minutes to go, Clemson was still down, down two. Then the Tigers, this was at the stage where they started forcing turnovers. Uh, Kentucky had three straight possessions with turnovers, and Clemson uh, knocked them in for scores. Um, Phil Maffa had a 29-yard run after a turnover for a touchdown to put Clemson up 27-21. But the Wildcats came right back, and one of those plays we were talking about where a receiver got wide open in the secondary, Brown with a 60-yard catch from Leary, Puts the Wildcats back up 
Tigers come get the ball. Uh, again, Whites comes through for them. They had to settle for a long field goal, 52 yards. Uh, he had just enough. Uh, he hit the crossbar, had enough momentum to uh, fall over, and it put the Tigers up 30-28. The uh, Wildcats came back and drove the ball down the field and get a touchdown run of one yard from uh, Ray Davis, 35-30 at that point. It was three plays, 75 yards. They hit a big pass. Uh, again, another big pass that set up that touchdown. Big pass to their tight end that carried you like the three. 35-30, and then Clemson gets the ball, and they put together a drive that went, uh, it was 68 yards, 12 plays, 68 yards, 2 minutes and 17 seconds, and they cap it with Maffa, a three-yard run to put them up 38-35. They get an interception uh, on the last play for Kentucky to uh, seal the victory. As far as some of the some of the numbers on the day uh, for uh, for both teams, uh, 398 yards for Kentucky, 367 for Clemson. The Tigers 264 through the air, 103 on the ground. Kentucky 306 through the air, 92 on the ground. And the Tigers had 24 first downs to only 12 for Kentucky. Kentucky had so many big plays. Um, they didn't have long drives. They just had a bunch of big plays. Clemson 5 of 16 on third down, 2 of 2 on fourth down. So they ran 80 plays, but only averaged 4.6. Kentucky averaged almost 8 yards per play, and they averaged 19 yards per catch. Uh, Kentucky did have 8 sacks for 44 yards and 12 tackles for loss. Their defensive front, you know, as we know, is, is really, really yeah. tough. Clemson, which has had trouble in the red zone this year, they went 4 for 4 in the red zone. And, um, you know, some of the stat keeping here is a little interesting. <laughs> Please read time of possession. I'm assuming you're looking yeah. at stat broadcast. Read yeah. the time of possession. This is why Clemson yeah. won, folks. Yeah, Clemson, it says, had the ball for 48 minutes, 11 <laughs> seconds. Kentucky for 30 minutes and 23 seconds, which means this game went 18 minutes over the uh, allotted, allotted time. I don't know I how they missed I missed the fifth quarter. Up. I really did. I missed the fifth quarter. It must yeah. have been entertaining. I'm telling you. That fourth quarter did feel like two quarters. There was so much action. So. <laughs> They, they, there were some things. There were some things statistically here that I had to question as far as them identifying some players and giving them a stat when it was a different player. For example, I could have sworn that uh, Brown for Clemson had at least two catches. They have him for one with 18 yards. I thought for sure he had two, at least mm-hmm. two. I have to go back and check my notes on that. But anyway, he had that end around run. That might be what you're thinking of. He had that 18 yard carry. That maybe you were thinking as the other time that he had a had a good play. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's what it is. He had, that or maybe he had him. another catch in the fifth quarter. Ah, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> they show him with one catch for twelve yards. Maybe I'm, I do confuse these things easily. Uh, so there you go. Those were some of the the key numbers from the game. Let me see if there's anything else here I wanted to mention real quick that uh, that might stand out today. Is Clemson wins at thirty eight thirty five. Uh, to finish on a five-game winning streak and to finish with nine wins for the 13th straight season. Um, I think we've touched on everything of of note to this point. So uh, the final score, of course, is all that matters at 38-35. Back to the phones, 888-898-2525. We go to Trey in Statesboro, Georgia. 
Trey, welcome into Sports Talk. Great to have you with us tonight. How are you, and Happy New Year. Uh, Phil, hey, uh, you know, I'm a long-time listener. I go back to Tiger Wayne days. Yes, sir. And, uh, anyway, um, tell you what, I was down there. It was probably, I'd say I crowd outnumbered as probably two and a half to one or three to one or whatnot. And um, we probably had 30,000 there, I would think, I would guess. And the, the Kentucky crowd maybe uh, probably 12 or, or 14 or so. But they, they were lacking. You could look up across our crowd, and, and it was full, pretty full. And uh, anyway, uh, I was real proud of Klubnik on that last drive. He showed a lot of maturity. He finally started reading things like he needed to. And, uh, of course, I was real proud of the defense. I thought they played well considering the opt-outs they had. I think that's what hurt them in the second day with uh, McCubbin, you know, going to Texas and the uh, Wiggins going, you know, pro NFL. I think that, that hurt them back there. And also, Trotter not being in. I don't know that they've scored a lot of points. We've had those three guys. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, those are key key players for you. Uh, would they have made a difference? Certainly in the secondary. <clears throat> excuse me. Certainly in the secondary, having those veteran players back there, um, you you probably don't have the breakdowns that you do. Um, but you got to play well, with the no, ones you got in the locker room. That's all you can do is play with the guys that you have right then and there. No, I, I agree, but uh, like on Trotter, this is another thing I kind of a little aggravated with Clemson about a rotating lineman. <clears throat> and when Kentucky scored their first touchdown when they had two long runs, Peter Woods wasn't in. And when Peter Woods was in, they didn't run. I mean, he, he stopped them. So he's a great player for us being a freshman. Listen, I think Clemson defensively is, is going to be uh, just fine. You got you got him, and and you got uh, listen a guy named Heaven Brown Schuler in this incoming recruiting class. At least looks like a guy who can step in and play for you. Uh, you got Peyton Page back. You got Capehart coming back. Um, your defensive ends look fine, um, even though you're losing Thomas and Maskell. Um, the, you know Parker pretty much took over at one defensive end spot as the season wore on. He he'll be back. Um, they're expecting some well, of these other guys to kind of step up and, and get better. Um, who Who is it, 44, uh, the defensive end, 44. He played a good bit today. I saw him out there a good bit. Yeah, Probably going to uh, see more yeah. of him. Yeah, the guy from Florida. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, and, the, and then I hope T.J. Park, of course, looked to me like they were double-teaming him a little bit, uh, you know, trying to break him down a little bit on that other side. But they weren't mm-hmm. running that end. They were actually running the other end. Anyway, I was proud of them. Uh, you know, I thought that considering the defections and everything, and no fun, they never gave up. Uh, they kept they kept right on grinding, and I was proud of that. So, Well, that's the kind you of know, win it was. It was a grinded out, <clears throat> never give up kind of win. I mean, they could have they could have packed it in there after that after that kickoff return. They could have hung their heads and said, "Well, it's just not going to be our day." Um, but they didn't let that happen, and that's culture, and that's and, and far that's, still Moffat goes, 
Phil Moffa could end up being one of the best running backs that ever played at Clemson. I mean, he's he's got it all, and uh, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to see him come back one more year, but we've, that remains to be seen. I, I hope he does. And like I said, Barrett Carter, he was all over the field. He's, he's a great ball player. Yep. Yep. All right, sir. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Happy Talk New Year. Good hearing from you. Appreciate the call from uh, – I think Man, he said Trey's... he was actually here at the game, right? <laughs> yes. Trey's making time. Get up to Statesboro, Georgia. When The game ended at, what, about 3, well, maybe 5, that's 4 o'clock? Maybe that's his hometown, and that's just <laughs> – he wants to uh, – now, the, the game ended. The game took three hours – and it was a 20, long football game. No, three mm-hmm. hours and 41 minutes, I think, yeah. is what it said. The game ended uh, well after right 3.30. That's what happens yeah, when he's you play five quarters. Exactly. Fifth quarter, put it over the top. Uh, Kay Denoff was the guy I was trying to think of, number 44. You know, He's a guy that, that could, get more, could get more action for him. Uh, Kobe McLeod started at linebacker today. Uh, freshman, only going to get better. Uh, you look at uh, <clears throat> you look at Woodass returning, uh, Jamal Anderson. You got Parker coming back, Capehart, Woods. Uh, you got uh, Page coming back. Um, you, you mentioned Carter, and then you got uh, you know Terrell returns, Mickens returns, um, Barnes returns, Lewis. I mean, they got players once again. But they're going to be tested right out of the gate now. They're going to have to be ready to roll. Uh, I think they're, they're going to have to um, rediscover the big I, – I, if they want to, I would think they'd want to rediscover the big play part of their offense uh, because that puts so much pressure on you when you – it was very fine what they did on the two-minute drive, nipping here, nipping there, moving the ball down the field, eight yards, nine yards, seven yards. But you do that over the length of a game, that puts a lot of pressure on, on both sides to be almost perfect. Um, right. You, you have that big play. Look at like Kentucky today. You know, the the mm-hmm. big play, that was the one thing I wanted to look up before we get back to phone calls. Give me just a second here. Uh, here we go. Big plays today for Kentucky. Kentucky had uh, six running plays of 15 yards or more. They had a 58-yarder. 27 of 24, 15 of 60, and a 72. I'm sorry, those are passing plays. Duh. They had uh, 58, 27, 24, 15, 60, and 72, uh, and two in the running game, 43 43 and 22. Clemson, their their longest passing play was 28 yards. They had a 25-yarder, an 18, a 15, a 16, and another 15. So – the other team's doing a 72 and a 60 and a 58, yep. and, and you're doing 25. So, you know, they got to figure out how to get the big play back into their offense. But if they're able to lean on the run game the way they were, and especially if, if Shipley does decide to come back and Maffa both come back, and, again, I, I think today proved that they had underutilized Phil Maffa a good bit. The, the time we saw him shine certainly was when Shipley got injured and he had to fill in for him. And, again, today he got his opportunity. That's, I agree with Trey. He may be one of the best running backs to go through Clemson, and he's probably not going to get enough opportunities because he could have been doing this all, the, all season long. But when they're able to rely on the run game like they are, they can nickel and dime you to death. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what they did to Kentucky. It's weird, too. If you look at just the fourth quarter stats from today's game, and partly because of all the turnovers that Kentucky had, the Wildcats actually outgained Clemson in the fourth quarter. 
Clemson only had 118 yards in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go very far, though. So the big play was, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't all that necessary up until the final drive. I'm sure they would have liked to have lobbed in a 30 or 40 yard pass play, but it wasn't all that necessary until they had to go the length of the field to win the game. And the Tigers have an immediate impact player coming in next year, at least in my opinion. Bryant Wesco, he's going to be that vertical threat. He's known from his high school days for not only his verticality on offense, but also for winning those 50 50 jump balls, which I think we all can agree the Tiger offense has missed the last few years. Quite frankly, since I believe T. Higgins left. I'm trying to think of anybody since then. But really, since T. Higgins left, the Tigers haven't really had that number one guy that you can trust to go up and get that 50-50 ball. Bryant Wesco is that guy. He's going to come in and immediately add to the, to the offense next year. Uh, at least, again, that, that's, just, that's just my opinion. It's a good opinion because people mm-hmm. are very high on him. Okay, uh, phone number 888-898-2525. Hit the break. We'll come back with more. Also today in the fourth quarter, you've got uh, Memphis is leading Iowa State 36-26. And gone final, as a matter of fact. Has that gone final? Memphis, okay. Memphis has won that one. Memphis has won. And Notre Dame just blasted Oregon State. I that mean, obliterated me. them. <laughs> but they didn't have a quarterback. You know, Not DJ that they Yonderle. won. The, the margin. Yeah. Well, neither one had their quarterback for that matter. I guess Notre Dame's fill-in quarterback. Because uh, didn't didn't Hartman sit it out for Notre Dame? I think he, didn't he declare and sit it out? I'm not sure. Thought he did. Good question. We'll check during the break. Be right back. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through Co-op Connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider, and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step toward reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County? For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. 
This year's Carolina and Clemson jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the Second Chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win $50,000, $75,000, or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See SCEducationLottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second Chance odds depend on number of entries received. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Talk on a Friday night. Sports Talk Media Network. We're live here in Jacksonville wrapping up the Clemson win tonight, 38-35, wrapping up the football season in South Carolina. It is over. We got nothing left. We got no more bowl games. We got no more all-star games. It is over until spring practice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think at Furman begins in January. Uh, they start early, but we'll be uh, we'll be antsy for it. We'll be antsy for it in a couple of months. You wait and see. Of course, we've got the NFL to carry us along here for a good little while. Uh, before we get back to calls, uh, Pat, you said you had some breaking news of importance. I do. Do you guys remember earlier or throughout the week when we talked about Alabama players and Nick Saban made kind of an odd statement that they were – uh, instructed not to watch film on their iPads anymore due to security yep. concerns. Well, that story has now taken a bit of a turn here, and it turns out the players were specifically told not to use an app called Catapult. And the Catapult, I'm getting this from a USA Today article, make sure I give credit here correctly, to a Blake Schuster wrote this article, put it all together nicely. So that app provides comprehensive video and data analysis for football teams. It goes above and beyond just simply showing the video, but then it does a good job of kind of explaining it and, and putting them together in different instances of that type of play throughout the game, et cetera, et cetera. Well, apparently the company's spokesman for Catapult said today that they confirmed the existence of an ongoing NCAA investigation into unauthorized access of football video footage and is cooperating with local authorities in the matter. The, uh, wow. the statement, quote, We are aware of the ongoing investigation of the alleged unauthorized access to NCAA football video footage. We have conducted an internal investigation and have not found any security breach in our systems. We have shared this with local authorities that are conducting an investigation. We will continue to support the ongoing investigation with the NCAA and local authorities. At Catapult, we hold ourselves to the highest of standards and safeguarding customer information is of utmost importance to us. Uh, Again, it's currently unclear at this point if what the NCAA is investigating is related to any of Michigan's sign-stealing scandal or if this is a separate issue. Uh, Alabama offense coordinator Tommy Reese has declined several uh, opportunities to elaborate on on what exactly was happening here and why they were protecting their practice film. But teams do usually distribute that type of footage directly to players' iPads via an online cloud storage service. So reading between the lines here it would seem as though Alabama wanted to take extra steps as a precautionary measure against any potential hacking into their film system. So again here, these are all allegations at this point, but it sure seems to smell an awful like an awful lot like what we already were hearing being accused against the Michigan football program and now potentially still going on related to their national semifinal game. 
Hmm. I saw a tweet today, too, that apparently on CBS Today, they had a graphic up on their screen that showed the difference, the production drop-off in the Michigan offense from the last five games after that assistant coach caught up in the scandal after he was dismissed, or not assistant coach, but whatever he was, uh, analyst, versus the first eight games before all this became public. And there's a uh, – no, it was actually the numbers on J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, it's actually the numbers on J.J. McCarthy and how his numbers have dropped uh, from those first eight games to the the following five games. Uh, they're trying, obviously, to that draw That wouldn't have connection. anything to do with the fact they played Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa three of their last four games, would it? I don't know. Teams that are pretty good on defense. Right. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I get it. Nobody likes Michigan right now. And I can't begin to believe what the or think of what the national narrative will be if they win the national championship. But come on, let's give them a little credit. I mean, the, the part of the reason maybe their production has dropped off a little bit is they started playing better teams. Yep. I mean, sure, they're going to light it up against Vegas and Bowling Green and Rutgers and Nebraska and Minnesota. But the back half of their schedule was much more difficult. All right, real quick before the break. This uh, some play-by-play in the background. There you go. Uh, let's go to, well, tonight he's Tiger Larry, since this is a Clemson night, and he's from Swansea, home of the Tigers. Tiger Larry, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Lord, give me the strength to endure 332 days of these trash-talking Tigers. I'm going to tell you right now, Tigers did not beat the Wildcats. The Wildcats, like Phil said, gave it to the Tigers. The Wildcats gave it to the Tigers. I just hope I have enough strength to go through 331 days of these trash-talking Tigers. All right, we got to hit the break. You'll make it. Be right back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network from Jacksonville, from Sardis, and from Columbia. And let's go back to Seneca uh, with his new title just for tonight, Tiger Larry had uh, something else to say. We had to cut him off at the top of the hour, but... uh, Newly donned Tiger Larry from Swansea. All right, uh, go ahead, Larry. Finish up. Okay, I I said what I wanted to say, but I got something else I want to ask Phil. Yes. What was I bet? What was I bet before? What was I bet for this game? What was I, uh, I bet you? What did we bet? We bet. Me too. (laughs) Anybody remember what the bet was? 
Yeah, we've been. I know what it was. I bet you went on one hundred point seven a dinner. I was gonna buy you all a dinner. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you where. I'm gonna tell you where we're gonna have it. We're gonna have it at that place over there that you advertise all the time. Sea Wells. Sea Wells. Sea Wells. Sea Wells. But I'm gonna put a limit on it. A limit <laughs> is gonna be. A limit is gonna be. Up to 15 people, if you can get, well, 15 people, you can bring 15 people. And the limit what each, each person can have is going to be $20. But if you bring one over that limit, it's going to be $9. And we'll have it any day, anytime you want to have it at Seawells. I've been C-Wells. wanting to go to Seawells. I've been wanting to go there for a long time. It's been a while since I've been there. Long, long time. All right. You set it up. Call old game Larry, see what the tab gonna be. And the tab fits his budget, we'll have but I good Lord, please, please give me enough strength. To endure 331 days of these trash-talking tigers. I don't know, but I'm gonna listen to you every day I can. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna cut you off. I'm gonna listen to you trash-talking. But I will say one thing: next mm. season, next season we will beat Clemson by nine points. That's a bet. Clemson was lucky today. He was lucky. Lucky. And now i got to listen to these trash talking. <laughs> Lord. Uh, all right, That's Larry. All Thank you. That's all Happy, New Year. Happy oh, New Year. Happy New Year. We appreciate New you, Larry. Year. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Happy you. New Year. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take Have you up on that offer now. We're going to take you up on that. That'll be fun. All right, thank you, Larry. Let me know when you're ready. I'll come pick you up, Larry. Okay, okay. Let me know. All right, right. see ya. All right, thank you very much. Uh, Before we get to um, to before we get to um, 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 Zach, Zach's coming up in just a moment. Zach Willis. Let's go to Lee in Greenwood. Hello, Lee. Welcome to Sports Talk. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Phil, Chris, and Pat. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. Game caught Larry is about as delusional as Joe Biden. I will tell you that right now. Today, I am going to be a trash-talking tiger. Mm. I have listened to him for the last four months tell me how great South Carolina's five and seven-year was and what they was going to do. And I hate to tell you, but he is totally delusional. If he can't recognize a good football team, he needs to take up watching soccer because he is pivotic when it comes to picking up on football. I I watch South Carolina play, and if they're good, I'll tell you straight up, they're good. Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When yes, I watched sir. them, when they had Clowney in that bunch, I was like, that's a football team right there. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. But, you know, I give credit where credit's due. Kentucky got a good football team. They and are they got that down going number zero. Ooh, he's a that he's a handful. Lineman. 
Woo, boy, that's a grown man. Yep. Son, that's a grown man. But uh. But you know what? Win for Clemson. The the great the great equalizer. The, the great equalizer or even, you know, what tilts it one way or the other in these games, the turnovers. And Clemson created right. those turnovers. And uh, if they don't, I mean, and also I'll tell you what else was a big moment. We haven't talked about it, but Kentucky had their boot on Clemson's throat. They had the lead, and then they're driving. And remember, they had two huge plays, but both were called back by penalties. And That's you correct. can't say – you can't say if this hadn't happened, it happened. But if that hadn't happened, if they had, if they, they scored had, on that drive, didn't they? The one no. you're thinking of? No, they ended I'm up. Pretty punting. sure they did, didn't they? No, they ended up punting. Well, they got I, one touchdown. I made a note of it. Dude, the, but they got one touchdown where the receiver just rolled the Clemson defensive back, no call, and he scored. Yes, he sure did. Yeah, he ran right over Barnes. Yeah, that, that should have been an offensive yeah, pi. Perfect. Yeah. Um, That's right. So I look at it this way. The strikes are the strikes. You're right. Clemson uh, Clemson got fortunate on some things, but they made some plays that created those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And that that was, you know, and that, I'll be honest with you, we were fortunate to win the ball game. That 52-yard field goal, my wife sitting here, she said, they missed that. I was like, no, nah, I thought it was good. But I didn't know it was going to be that good. It just but, barely you know. got there. Well, Lee, thank you, man. Hey, Have buddy. a great new year and hey, look man. forward to talking to you. You too, brother. Take hey, care. tell Zach. I love listening to Zach. Well, he's jumping on in just a second to give us his take. Thank right, you, brother. Thank you very much. The drive I'm talking about was after they returned the kickoff for the touchdown. Then right. they forced a Clemson punt. So they took over. They're up. Wow. 21-10, and they're moving the ball. They've got yep. it uh, first and 10 on the Kentucky 30, and Davis, um, let's see here, uh, Davis runs for six. That's not the play I'm thinking of. A little bit later, they had it first and 10 on the 44. Oh, yeah, Barry and um, Brown rush for 32, and there was a 15-yard penalty for a, whole, a face mask face mask call on the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. And that wiped out that play. They would have had it. They were at the 44. He ran for 32. So they'd have been down um, six. That had been down at about the Clemson uh, 20-something at that point. Instead, they get backed up to their own 29, and they end up punting. So um, they had two penalties on that drive that, that set them back. So at yeah, a time when there, they were about to really take control of the game. Yeah. No, I, I remember that drive. Now I looked it up myself. Uh, yeah. There was a drive in the ball game. I can't remember which one it was. That Kentucky had two uh, touchdowns wiped out, and then they scored. If memory serves, on penalties. I thought that was the one you were referencing. Um, I don't remember. Uh, wh- when was that? I'd have to look. They had two yeah, touchdowns. They had touchdowns wiped out. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or pick. Yeah. If if memory serves, now again that uh, yeah. you know that game happened seven hours ago, so it's been a yeah. long time ago. And since they played five quarters, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Fifth quarter wiped this out. While we're getting Zach on the line, let me hit you up with some recruiting notes brought to you by Seawells. Seawells back with the luncheon buffet starting next week. And uh, reminder for the very best in the catering business: make sure you give Seawells a call. Uh, get them on your side and let them help you handle all your catering needs. 803-771-7385. Some quick uh, recruiting notes. Then we'll get to Zach. 
Another USC transfer quarterback target reported last night by 24-7 Sports. Zion Chris, 6'2", 209, from Baton Rouge. Uh, he played as a redshirt freshman at Louisiana this season. 1,222 yards and 11 touchdowns, 67% completion. He also rushed for 492 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, Chris Hummer reported reported that Chris Chris plans to visit visit USC USC. uh, and UCF. Uh, He's also looking at TCU. Uh, James Madison, a transfer receiver, Elijah Surratt, Thursday announced an offer from USC. Uh, Ohio wide receiver Gage Larvedian told On3 Sports he has scheduled visits to Tulane in South Carolina after the dead period. Safety Jordan Young of Monroe, North Carolina, included Clemson and USC in his top 13. And former USC quarterback Colton Gauthier was offered by Gardner-Webb. UNLV receiver Seneca McKee, a product of Ridgeview, formerly of Erskine, has entered the portal, had 264 yards receiving this season. And Newberry receiver Andre Banks is transferring to the Citadel. He's a Somerville product at Newberry. In 28 games, he had 55 catches, 782 yards, and three touchdowns. There you go with all of that. And i tell you what, let's go ahead and hit the break, Pat, and we'll come out of the break and be clean with uh, Zach to the bottom of the hour so we can get his take on this afternoon's game, if that's okay with everybody. If we can do that, why don't we do that? Can we do that? Um, let's do that. Let's go ahead and hit the break, and then we'll come back with Zach. Um if that's good with everybody. There we go. Okay. And then the bottom of the hour, we will uh, turn it over to George Bryan and talk about the golf world in South Carolina. Yes, the golf world continues even during bowl season. In fact, George probably likes bowl season, not for the bowl games, but because so many people are at home watching uh, football, it makes for more room on the golf course for him. That's all coming up after the break here on Sports Talk. Be back with Zach Willis in a moment. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plate it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. George Bryan here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training. And Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different. It's engaging. 
but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. All right, coming up in just a moment, Zach Willis will join us. His take on today's ball game. A surprising development out of Columbia today as Adam Holmes announced his resignation as the football coach and AD at Gray Collegiate. He was the first in both of those positions at that school. So significant development there in high school football in uh, the Columbia area and in the state of South Carolina. Okay, let's welcome in not only is he – Zach Willis, expert on football here on Sports Talk. But tonight, he's Zach Willis' birthday boy as he joins us for a few minutes to share his thoughts on today's game. And welcome in, Zach. You know, you only turn 40 once. So enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy the day. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Well, it's actually tomorrow, but thank you very much, Phil. I'll try to. Oh, see, my source told me it was today. Well, I bet I know who your source was, and they just want to make sure they get it in there. But, yes, I'm the birthday boy all day tomorrow for my family and friends listening out there. It's my day, and I take full advantage of it, as they know. <laughs> so let's see. Tomorrow is the uh, 30th, so your parents just couldn't wait, like, one more day to have you on New Year's Eve or two more days. to have You could have been, like, the first baby born of the new year. Hmm. Well, I always heard you save your best for last, and I'm about as close to last as I get when it comes to that, so that's probably the consolation I take away from that. All right, well, hang on. We have a special treat for you. Before we get into your analysis, we have a special uh, a special oh, treat. Boy. So here we go. Three, two, one. Pat, hit it. Everybody sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zach. Happy birthday to you. That's the Sports Talk Orchestra. Uh, Very good orchestra. And they'll be performing at uh, New Year's Rocking Eve in, uh, in New York. 
in Times Square. So the Sports Talk <laughs> Orchestra. Okay. Happy birthday a day early. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. And a happy day for Clemson. Though it looked it looked dismal oh. after that touchdown, that kickoff return, it looked pretty dismal. You know, Phil, this was a, a huge win for them from a standpoint of uh, – I don't rec- say character building. This program's had that kind of character for a decade now or more. Um, and honestly, probably anybody out there that doubted them got, kind of got taught another lesson about Dabo Sweeney and what Clemson Tigers stand for. Was it pretty as a coach? Absolutely not. But, man, those kids kept getting up off that mat and keep – Kept fighting and to credit Kentucky too. It was just who had the ball last, and it was like two big time heavyweights years ago swinging for the fences in the fifteenth round when they went fifteen rounds and could go that far. Um, you know, it was like you know Ken, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes. If you remember that one, that was a great one, yeah. with a thriller in Manila. You know, the, the really good heavyweight fights, and that's what we saw. Probably the best bowl game of the year. I can't imagine one being better. It's going to be as good as any they have. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about a couple things. Number one, was this the game where Cade Klubnick kind of grew up and lived up to what Dabo Sweeney has been saying, just trying to tell people about expectations and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, uh, that last drive in particular, um, is that what you can look for? But number two, do they still have to do some things in the offense to make to make it so he can he can um, be that big time quarterback is he is what they're doing right for what his skill set is? You know, Phil, we were as you and I do often. We talk during the games, and I I was just like I couldn't if I'd have been at the stadium um, where I could have seen what kind of routes they were running early in that game. He was standing back. Sometimes seven or eight seconds to pass the ball, couldn't pull the trigger, wouldn't pull mm-hmm. the trigger. And, you know, I don't know which one it was, but he was very, very reluctant to throw the football. It was almost like he didn't know what he was looking at, or, which I kind of doubt that, or he was being too cautious with the football, which I lean more that way. And you made a real astute comment at the end of the game. He looked so good on that last drive, and I think he just quit thinking and just started playing. And if he can, if, if he has indeed turned that corner, and quit thinking and just started playing, then, yes, I think I think it's a huge deal for Clemson because they have not had that kind of quarterback play since Trevor Lawrence left. Um, I don't know. They've been through, uh, you know, they've been through offensive coordinators now and tried to change some things around. It looked to me like there were times, times this kid's got a great arm. He's very athletic. He's a real athletic kid. He's got real good character. You can tell that, by the way, he carries himself. He's a really tough kid. He's a team guy. He's got everything you need except, I think, at times not enough self-confidence or he lacks understanding the system. And I throw that out there just to keep the options open and be fair. But, man, he into that ball game, he was not going to lose the game. He did whatever he had to do and really had a heck of a drive at the end of the game to win and had some really, really good throws on that drive that were fit in the tight spaces, made great reads and didn't hesitate at all. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully, and bad it'll be bad news for ACC and everybody who plays Clemson. If he plays like that, uh, they're going to they're gonna be just as good as they've ever been. And a win like this and finishing a season 
with five straight wins and winning nine games uh, for the 13th mm-hmm. straight year. These are all positives that they can harp on. I mean, as a former coach, when you have to deal with an off season, boy, what is the what's the difference when you got a positive finish like this compared to say the complete opposite where you know, you lost your last three or four games or you lost the last one and you got a, you know, an off season to kind of deal with the the aftermath of that. The the mindset difference, do, do you really see that in the work ethic of your players or is that just coach speak and it eventually fades away, they're going to work hard anyway in the off season? Well, it's, it's a little bit of both. And I'm thinking that there's some people that don't have the ability to motivate like a Dabo. I'd put Dabo Swing in the category with Lou Holtz and the fact that, you know, you can guarantee two or three huge wins every year just because these guys are in incredible motivators, they're incredible human beings, and they legitimately care about their players on a very personal level. I'm not saying all coaches don't care, and, of course, mm-hmm. there's some that don't. But for the most part, everybody has some level of care for their kids. But Dabo, deep, I truly believe, deeply personally cares about his, his players, and you can see it in, in when they make mistakes. He never – he may say, hey, we'd screw this up or screw that up, but he never gives up on kids. And he stayed by Klubnik's side. He was his biggest cheerleader, and he was proven right today. Uh, in, in, in that drive, they said, hey, the commentators actually said, well, this is what Dabo says this kid's got this in him. I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm going to have to see this because he's, he's been very tentative all day. Uh, and he pulled it out. He did exactly what his coach said he would. And the psychology professors and students out there, this was a pure um, proof, living proof that the Pygmalion effect, you can talk about somebody, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, in this case in a positive way, that it does work. Uh, and Dabo Sweeney is a master of that approach. Uh, Jimmy Johnson of Miami, the Miami Hurricanes and Dallas Cowboys was the other one I remember. Uh, and I use it a little bit with a few people along the way in my my lifetime. And one of them's healing up from an injury up in Minnesota right now that turned out to be a pretty good quarterback. You have to speak positive into people's people's lives, positive things as a coach if you really want to impact them. And I think Dabo does a heck of a job of that. And I think Shane Beamer's doing that in South Carolina, to be, to be honest. I've been very happy with what I've seen there. But, man, um, that Kentucky team they played today did not want to lose. And – all the credit in the world go to Coach Stoops because those kids were outclassed from a talent standpoint. But, man, they had just as much guts as anybody in the country and almost beat a very good Clemson team and really made them look bad at times, really outcoached them. But Clemson would not lay down, would not allow themselves to be beaten. Well, we're going to let you run, but one thing here, too. You know, Swinney can look at his team and say, my quarterback I recruited, my running back I recruited, Kentucky's yep. quarterback was a transfer. Their running back yep. was a transfer. You got to believe he gets a little extra satisfaction knowing that his his own developed players win these games. You have a great new year. Happy birthday. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach Willis. We'll be back. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day.
Okay, it's time to talk about another sport with another type of ball. We go from the oblong, bounce-all-over-the-place kind of ball like we saw here today in Jacksonville to that little round thing that if you hit it right, it will go where you want it to go. As we welcome in for another edition of Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps here on Sports Talk, our good buddy, George Bryan the third, who's made many a trip to the Jacksonville area for golf-related things. Unfortunately, George, no chance to pull out the sticks on this particular trip. Um, though the weather was not uh, too bad, had a little bit of rain. Now, today was cold, but uh, for the most part, could have gotten in a couple of rounds over here at Ponte Vedra. If I had dropped your name in, maybe they would have let me uh, have played the TPC course over there. i got to tell you, I'm not sure about that one. That's a pretty out ticket <laughs> but you know it is i have to say i love the jacksonville area already always have and right there at sawgrass country club is one of the premier golf staff in this country no question uh, i'm going to be off with some last names but stefan and steven will greet you and we could have we could have possibly set that up that's mm. uh uh, speaking of setup, I was listening right when y'all came on the air, and uh, are you streaming live where so folks can tune in and actually see what you all had built, or were you just? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't stay plugged in long. No, uh, we're not. We're get, not. We're, <laughs> no, we're not streaming from our our beautiful new studio outside of uh, Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville. <laughs> well, that, I got to tell was, you though that when we. We start let, let, talking golf, you know. Yeah. You know our imaginations run rampant. Yeah, let, let me just clarify that that's a bit of an exaggeration, a bit of a fabrication. But uh, well, we let our imagination we, get away with us there a little bit. Yep. Well, I tell you what, you did have me. I, I was uh, traveling, uh, uh-huh. spent quite a bit of time. Uh, in fact, I guess it was this past week. Ended up Monday, roughly the eighteenth or nineteenth. That's where final round of that key school was i actually i think i called you live from there mm-hmm. uh not not from your studio not the fabricated one but uh mine was mine was a real studio uh the hampton inn studio yes. called my room 423 so uh anyway um i hope you all had a good trip i heard the tigers won and i like the i like how you brought us uh teed us up and i'm not sure if we have the biceps with us tonight tsunami robbie i wasn't clear i couldn't hear my ears aren't good and my mind's worse but i do think we have scott parker with us tonight let's say let's just let's get us all on the tee let's welcome uh what i he is a compadre good friend real estate partner uh we have a golf division that we're assembling it's under construction and it's for real it's not the imagination version and uh more on that we're gonna we're gonna tee up and talk more about that 2024 scott parker is a passionate golf coach and we've been teaching together three and a half years he's he's awesome and want to go ahead he's been on the he's teed it up with us before let's go ahead and welcome sure coach scott in coach welcome Let's tee it up. Hey, fellas, how's it going? 
Can you hear me? Hello. All oh, good do. here, man. Yeah, great day. Yeah. We're doing great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great to be here again. And so, uh, and Pat, let me know or. Phil, were we able to connect with Tsunami Robbie? That's all on me. I mean, every now and then I catch it out on the toe. Every now and then I catch it mm. on the heel. It slices, it hooks. This could be a clean whiff, all my fault. Uh, no, Rob, as of now, not- George. Uh, I have texted him, though, and if, he'd like to, if he's able to join us, we'll be calling in. But, uh, but do, not have, do not have the biceps part of the program as of right now. What I love about mm. the, teams, the team golf, is when I take when I swing when I have my turn and take a whiff, well, Phil, you can always pick it up and cover up. So that's right. That's what makes team golf so much fun. And that's that's just a little bit what we touched on in our last uh, last Friday night, and I guess this will be the last show of 2023. But I think the I think the Live Tour, and we had a very interesting uh, exchange with MJ a couple weeks ago. Um, and although that is not what we ended up spending much time on, I do like the idea of more team golf in this country and especially in professional golf. College golf has made that, has made that jump. Now, I know you got a lot out there listening. There's a lot of college going on right now, football. You know, it seems like football's taking a little bit of an odd turn, kind of like the business of professional golf with the live tour. All this NIL stuff, I don't understand that. But mm. uh, I'd like I'd like for Scott, Coach Coach Scott, to weigh in on the idea of team golf. He is a junior golf extraordinaire. He's really good with the youth, and also a very special format we call our family junior. So, go ahead and uh, weigh in on what your feelings are about team golf in America. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think where people get uh, twisted up on this whole subject is it becomes an either or question. And, and I, I think it's an and. It's got to be both. Like if, if one can't really exist without the other. Um, you can't have team golf without individual players. Um, so, I mean, the better the individual players get on their own adventure, uh, the better off the team golf is going to be. And in terms of a product, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun to watch the best players in the world play golf together no matter where they're playing. So, I think you can't go wrong with that. But, I mean, as a as a concept, team golf is amazing for juniors especially because it's uh, it, it makes it more fun playing with with other kids, their age and skill level, uh, but also uh, it takes some of the pressure off. I mean, sometimes this game can, can, can bite you when you're not expecting it. And when you have some teammates to rely on, sometimes it takes a little bit of that pressure off and have a little bit more fun. No question. And one of the things that I see – it's probably the biggest mistake I see with young kids is they get too heavy duty into the individual uh, individual competitions, and they don't learn early enough about team golf in this country. However, it is different in other in other countries, and uh, you know when, <laughs> it's kind of interesting when we talk about football in other parts of the world. It's immediately thought of as soccer and other other. Uh, other parts of the country even other parts of the world especially and in football uh it seems to me football's taken off in an odd direction especially college football with this nil i heard you phil and pat and maybe i, I guess it's uh chris tonight is he with us tonight is he, he is or is he, he having is with a snack? Us. no he's with us y'all you all right you were talking about and i don't get this 
whether a college football player is going to commit and come back next year. I mean, I don't even get that. But uh, <laughs> so, in my mind, college football is taking off in an odd direction. Maybe it's an and, not a or. But I don't think it's the best direction. And a little bit like some could uh, interpret what's happened in the world of pro golf. Well, college golf took a step. 10 years or so ago with match for 12 years, maybe even more than that, 14 years, 15 years ago towards match play. I kind of like, I kind of like that. And I don't know, uh, team, it, the, the college season's very weird in golf. All the, and I think it needs to be a season, either, you know, spring or spring or fall, choose yeah. one of the two, not, not year round. Nobody can keep up with it. Nobody wants to keep up with year-round college golf. And I know it's hard on the coaches, too. I, that's just my opinion. You, you guys have any ideas, any opinions on that? Well, that's that's an excellent uh, point that you've brought up. I've kind of wondered the same thing because, you know, during our show here in the fall with everything else going on, we've talked about the various tournaments that the men and women have been in. And now they've taken a break, and then they're going to come back with their spring season leading into their conference uh, tournaments. And, and I've always thought the spring season was like the most important season, the most important time of the year for college golf. But it it seems like this fall season has has taken off and become a, a bigger part of their schedule, which which means, of course, the, the golfers, the college students and the golfers, they're playing golf from the moment they get to college for that academic year to the to the very end of that academic year because they don't wrap it up until uh, May, late April or May with their various uh, college tournaments. So it it does take up their entire academic year. Well, <laughs> real quick, we got a whole panel: Scott, Chris, Phil. Real quick, you got to answer: What season counts in soccer? College soccer. Quick, is it fall or is it spring? No, they only have a fall <laughs> season. They only have a fall season. They play some exhibitions in the spring, but the only one that counts is in the fall. George, we especially know that because Clemson just won the national championship, to be fair. (laughs) So we've talked about it a fair amount. (laughs) Hey, I I like – Coach Scott, I like to keep my sports experts on their toes. I don't know anything about sports on a broad – I don't know that much about golf anymore. The older I get, the less I know. Well, I, I would add, I think, uh, you know, we always talk, Coach, about the most important season being the one we're in right now is the winter um, in terms of golf and getting better. Uh, if you're not practicing and getting better right now and it's, I think it was a high of 46 today, then uh, then you're getting passed in the competitive world. Um, and, and that's why we've got a lot of our program that's going on right now in the winter starting in January. Actually, we've got, uh, I know we've talked about the scramble course on here before, but uh, over in Tsunami Bar Sports in West Columbia, uh, starting in January, we've got some some really interesting programming going on at our scramble course. It's a little six hole short course. Phil, I know you've been out there. Um, that's going to be I a family the, initiative. I am the you may not be aware of this, Coach, uh, but I am the course record holder at the scramble. Still, I think I uh, still. Uh, what, what is this? What am, is am this I, course record? I, I've heard about this. What exactly is it? Because my four year old. My four-year-old was out there the other day. He made a couple birdies. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, now, it was established. The The original course record was established at uh, two under par, 16. So, um, okay. now, George, I don't know. Has anybody bested that to this point? 
officially? Well, in the amateur ranks, I don't think so. In the prof- yeah. So there's a professional course record that that just got obliterated, but <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> but that, hey, the professionals don't matter. That's right. The, but you know yeah, what? And, and Scott, the, that was there's there's no such thing as amateurs anymore. I mean, you talked about the world of go- of, of college sports, George, and how crazy it is. And you don't really keep up with it, but I mean, there, there's no such thing as amateurs in college uh, football or basketball or baseball or anybody that gets nil money. And you know, eventually, is it going to happen on the golf scene where you know these these guys who who play as play as amateurs? I mean. Of course, I guess they're not paid. You have to win something to get paid in golf. You're not paid for your actual appearance and performance unless you join the Live Tour. Um, so I, I guess amateurs will will continue to thrive on the on the golf scene. Unlike, I mean, basically, amateurism is dead in practically every other sport. There's no such thing as an amateur. I, you know, I think you've just center. You've centered it absolutely centered and it's one of those things that i remember in the in the late 70s and 80s trying to figure out that with the olympics with uh, olympic athletes they could they got awarded a medal on the podium but yet they would they would wear you know all the uh, the software the shirts the sweaters the hats and they had all the ad deals afterwards yeah and uh so you know i guess the innocence is slowly being just squeezed out of the game and uh it's kind of sad however it is a reality and hey scott that was that was beautiful lead right bringing up the scramble course tsunami bar sports is the main sponsor of this of this segment the uh i call it taking it to the house on on uh the best sports radio show in the whole country and we get to close it out at least this segment, this show. Phil, I'm sure you keep going into the weekends with all that you got going on. But the uh, Tsunami Bar Sports is the Friday night closing sponsor and has been for a while. And and the Scramble is a new addition. We're still assembling the uh, the formats that we will invite the general public out. And there will be an association with the Scramble. Tsunami Bar Technology is for golf. It is an amazing technology, but it was invented in the Clemson weight room. So that's a, I, I was pulling for those Tigers to win. And Coach Batson there has been the strength and conditioning coach for a long time. Endured quite a few coaches, but but I know I, I'd have to get I have to say that under uh, the current one, Dabo, he's he's really uh, he's all he's a Hall of Famer already inducted. In fact, his son actually is one of the Tsunami Bar specialists and. The product was invented right there in the Clemson weight room for football players primarily, but I think mm-hmm. the biggest beneficiaries are going to be golfers or any any one rep max, especially like striking sports. And so, but associated with the Tsunami Bar Training Center is the scramble, but also there is a garage sports gym, uh, William Strength. Uh, Total Strength and Speed and Tsunami Bar Sports will tee up together. We'll join join uh, teams together to present the Garage Sports Gym. So everybody out there listening uh, will be able to visit uh, 720 Chris Drive. We'll go in a pro shop 
and and literally pick out what they want for a weight room, what they want for a practice putting green in their backyard. I'm a big advocate of artificial greens because you can control not just the speeds but also the kind of turf that you chip and pitch out of. It's something that I just have to say. I first heard Jack Nicholas did it. Jay Haas later had a green in his backyard. Fifteen years after that, after me finding after finding out, I put one in my backyard, and I can just tell you it's a difference maker. So, Tsunami Bar Sports 720 Chris Drive will be a one stop for all kind of sports shop, and that's a fact. I'm not a poet, and I'll mm. and I want you guys to know it. Mm. <laughs> that's mm. how we can get back to some golf talk. So. Scott, you kicked off. Uh, you were talking about the winter tour. Tell us a little bit more about it and what all happens with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and for for anybody that's out there that still hasn't signed up, if there is still time. Uh, we've got uh, the first play date is January seventh, so not this coming Sunday, but the next. Um, and if you if you got a pin, write down the number eight zero three seven eight one two zero six three. Uh, go ahead and get signed up if you haven't already. And I'll give a, a quick shout-out to all the golf courses that your your juniors could be playing along with you. With you. Uh, Camden Country Club, Charwood, Columbia Country Club, Fort Jackson, Country Club of Lexington, Leonard, Mid-Carolina, Newberry, The Spur, Oak Hills, Ponderosa, Timberlake, Woodlands, Cobblestone Park and Hidden Valley, and Wildwood. So uh, for a really nominal fee, you can be playing nine holes on Sunday afternoon with your kids out there at one of those great golf courses. Um, and it's just the 31st year, I think, right, Coach? It's in its 31st at least. And I just spoke to Mike Burroughs at Cobblestone Park. Uh, I want to – I, I got to tell you, it won't be a long story. It'll be a short one. Lou Miller in, a, in 2000 revived the Winter Youth Golf Tour. It was it was nine years old at that point, I think, uh, or eight years old. And uh, uh, he picked it up. It was down for the count, and Cobblestone Park was the host club that revived it. And so I was just talking to Mike Burroughs out there. They're going to host one of the divisions on fe- in February. And mm-hmm. it's really cool because this is where the whole family gets out to play golf, but only the, only the youth, only the kids play. And it's from brand spanking new players to – advanced college prep. In fact, we've had several hundred, let me repeat that, hundred players from this program go on and and play college golf. And the theme is fun and recreation, not, not, uh, not all on the competition side. However, we do have two competitive divisions. So the majority of the tours for brand new players and intermediate, but it does accommodate all. And that we, the number one most popular variable about this program, it is different golf courses. They get, the kids and families go to different golf courses. For almost 30 years, people have traveled from all over the state to come right here into the Midlands to play golf. And all these golf courses that have supported this program have been on board for at least 20 years. Uh, 20 years plus, Charwood Country Club is host the final event. I saw Rock Lucas earlier this week. And... Uh, so they ho- they've all they usually host the the final event of the year and hey this program's all about fun and family spending time together so it's done 
the recreation commissions locally. The, what, another unique factor about this program is each of the three recreation entities, they what we call co-sponsor the event, Lexington Recreation and Aging, Richland County uh, Recreation Commission, and Irmo Chapin Recreation Commission, and they've been on board supporting this program for a long time. Lenrick and E. Rutherford were, were on the uh, – uh, initial team the very first year at every ranch ever ran so was billy Dillon, who is in columbia at the park currently and then chris miller at the country club of lexington each of these individuals have been part of this program for for the entire for its 30 years plus so uh there's a lot of new things we're going to talk about 2024 with uh birdies bogeys and biceps one of them uh having to do with Brian Brothers and all of the, what I would call, new programming associated with Tsunami Bar Sports and the Scramble. New golf club in the on the block called Selena Golf Club, which is right near the airport. So, hey, Scott, Coach Scott will be one of our regulars, Phil, mm-hmm. Chris, Pat. And if you guys are... <clears throat> Still part of it. I know I went on a little bit of a roll, but that's part of what I'm supposed to be doing on birdies and bogeys and biceps. <laughs> we like to turn it over well, to you and, and let you ride your your hot streak. You're sort of like, you know, you just eagled the par five, you birdied the par three, and now you're sitting in the middle of the fairway, 175 yards away on the par four, and you're on a roll. We want to we want you to stay hot and keep it going. And uh, new irons. The new Tacoma irons that uh, I got, by the way, are very special. And mm. <laughs> Scott, those are good. We'll we'll be talking a little bit more about that as well. Oh, good, yeah, uh, yeah. So, from an equipment standpoint, with the with a new Tsunami Bar Sports Williams Strength and Total Strength and Speed Garage Gym, a hey, there's no other pro shop like this one in Columbia in the Midlands. This will draw a lot of attention, and so for 2024, there'll be much more for us to discuss. And, fellas, real quick on uh, just just your thoughts, final thoughts on team sport, team golf. We I know we only got a minute or so left. Uh, so what are your final thoughts? Each up, Patrick, you're up first. You awake? Are you feeling great? Oh, man, I'm, I'm always feeling great, George, right here with you. So just to clarify, you want some you final thoughts on team sports for the year? Team golf in, you know, the live, the live topic. We we talked about it for several weeks. Yeah. So I, I wasn't really a big fan at first, but I will say some of the most fun I ever have watching golf, the majors and the Ryder Cup. And if we can make a team golf atmosphere feel anything as good or as competitive or as compelling as the Ryder Cup, sign me up all day long. All right, that was you just hey crushed it. I don't know if anybody can outdo that one. Mm. Next, no, I agree with him though. I, I really agree with him. I think that'd be awesome to be able to see some of those atmospheres translate. It, it's hard to duplicate the Ryder Cup, but I think college golf uh, should try and maybe do more team type settings like that, as opposed to all the singles that they do. Maybe maybe have a situation that's set up like the Ryder Cup. Mm. I'll give you my my view. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Of course he does. 
I hate it. The I Grinch. mean, golf is great the way it is. I hate that live golf. Uh, I hate what they're doing. And uh, three rounds, no. Shorts, no. Team, no. There you go, George. That's my take. I love uh, that. Hey, that's what this country and America is all about, and it's been a privilege, fellas. Till next Same year, here. TM High, but shoot them low. Thanks, George. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Clemson. Uh, Happy New defensive. Year, fellas. Happy New Year. Sheridan Jones says he's turning pro. That'll do it. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday.